0: Hi,
1: boss. Start cleaning those tires. Don't drain this time. Remember, they fan out down there. Protect
0: them bottoms. Sunday drive. Hi, boss man. Face cars off. Be ready. be ready. Gas that bitch up. ready. Ready. Green, green.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Inside Pass on this Wednesday afternoon Facebook Live. Uh, as those of you who normally tune into the show, we do Facebook Live on Wednesday afternoon, and then the show airs. Saturday morning at 9 a.m. on WSIC Radio. So we have got a a fantastic show for you today. We're Actually, Tom, me and you were actually in the studio at the same time before the show started. Isn't that amazing? amazing. Lab
0: traffic was so
2: cooperative today. It's amazing. Uh, Those of you who have been with us for the last two weeks, it's been kind of a tumultuous two weeks for me and Tom, but uh, we're here on time today. And we also have a a special in-studio guest today. Tyler Ankram is in the studio with us. Uh, he's gonna join us for the show and uh we're gonna get to know Tyler a little bit better in the second half of our show and uh get a little bit of uh preview into Darlington and Richmond, which are the last two races uh before the playoffs in the truck series. Uh Tyler is holding up the playoff board right now. He's he's down at the bottom, but he's the last guy in, so as long as he keeps everybody else at bay, then he'll make the playoffs. He's the been there before. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. This it's is a carbon
1: uh, copy of twenty nineteen. Basically. Well, twenty nineteen I had a win, so well that's that true, goes a long but, way. So. Yeah. But, yeah, still chasing that win, but I think uh, I think uh, we are, well, as we were talking before the show, we're working on a few things to make a little bit more speed out of the trucks. So I'm working on a few things to become better and smarter as a driver, so I think uh, I think that one will be coming soon.
2: Well, it's a new team, too, so you, you can't expect yeah. to, to have the same results, you know, two years in a row when you have a brand new team, so... Um, but we'll we'll talk to Tyler about uh, what's going on over at uh, GMS Racing. I'm interested. Do you you guys haven't uh, unveiled your throwback scheme yet? Have you?
1: Actually, we just did. Like uh, I think it was two days ago. Oh, okay. I'm running. Uh, uh, I'm it, running but... the yellow oh, banana. I
0: saw that. The 1966 yeah,
1: that. Junior Johnson Mercury. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's, I'm really excited.
0: It's so Tyler. Oh, that's my actually. <laughs> actually, I have
1: uh, that Matchbox car. In my house in California. Really? Yeah. So as a kid. I was always a I was always a really big fan of Junior Johnson and Smokey Eunuch, um, Henry Smoke or yeah Henry Smokey Eunuch and I was always a really big fan of those guys just because you'd always hear stories of their creativity when it can come to race cars and how they were built and those two those were two my two favorite mechanics slash car builders slash owners car chiefs crew chiefs whatever you want to call them and uh, I was always just a big fan so at the beginning of the year. Um, I found out that Mike had worked with Junior Johnson. Mike Beam had worked with Junior Johnson for a really long time. So one of the, like the first or second week at GMS, I was up in Mike Beam's office, and I go, man, I do not care what we do this year because we're talking about schemes. I said, I do not care. Throwback weekend, all I want is Junior Johnson's yellow banana. I said, I do not care <laughs> at all what else we do because I was driving the 26, and that was the 26 as well. Yep. That was one of Junior Johnson's numbers, so as soon as i said that he's like yeah we'll make it happen that's and awesome. Uh, we they've been they worked on the scheme for like 2 weeks uh, everything to actually is correct on the scheme the only thing that's different is they don't have the cubic inch uh, we have lyuna on the hood uh, that replaces the cubic inches of the mo engine which i think for the ilmore engine which we run the chevrolet tru- or in the, in the chevy trucks is a 396 big block i believe i don't i don't remember but uh, they did that instead, just you know, to keep our sponsor Lyona happy, and they've been great to work with. Actually, they love the scheme. We, you know, uh, presented it to them. They were like, "Oh heck yeah, this is awesome." That's great. Yeah, so I'm ready for Darlington.
0: It should be fun. Darlington's always fun. Old school is always fun. It's always it's always fun to look back and realize where the sport came from. And I think the throwback schemes are a great way to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy that they're actually including the trucks and
2: Xfinity into it this year too, to make it an all-around you know all three series doing it. Uh, and there's a lot of really cool paint schemes uh, all through all th- throughout all three series. So it'll be interesting to see um, what ends up happening. For, for those of you who don't really know Tyler that well, Tyler is kind of like a like a, an old school racer trapped in a 19 year old body. So everything about him is He's so an old school, school person. Yeah. He's an old school <laughs> person. Yeah, he he really is. But uh, everything about him is uh old school El Caminos and yes. you know, Yeah.
1: Yeah. I still have that. that. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, so we'll get to Nutella a little bit more in, in the second half of the show. But uh I wanna talk about the, the sixteen drivers that make up the NASCAR playoffs this year. Um after uh, after Daytona, of course, I think everybody wanted Jimmy Johnson to be in the playoffs since it's his final year and he came so close but yet, you know, Accidents and the big one happened, and uh, ultimately he ended up uh, not being able to to make the playoffs, so he will not see his chance at an eighth championship. But his teammate, uh, William Byron, got his first career NASCAR Cup Series win uh, on uh, Saturday night. So he will join uh, Kevin Harvick, Danny Hamlin, uh, Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, Martin Truex, Ryan Blaney, Alex Bowman, of course William Byron. He's the last driver in on wins. Uh, actually, Alston Dillon is the last driver in on wins. Uh, Cole Custer, uh, Eric Almirola, Clint Boyer, Kurt and Kyle Bush, and then Matt DiBenedetto surprised everybody, I think, and actually ended up making the chase. Of those drivers, Tom, I think, obviously, Matt DiBenedetto was somebody who needed to make the chase because he still doesn't have a firm 2021 plan yet. Um, everybody else, I think, was kind of expected. Do you uh, do you agree? or uh, Besides maybe Cole
0: Custer because he came out and won a race, but um, other than that, I mean. Well, I don't know. I mean, when you look at, you look at drivers like Eric Almarola, you look at even Kurt Bush um for the way that they've performed this year. It's been just good enough for mm-hmm. the most part, you and know Kyle too for that, um and Kyle too, yeah, I mean, who would have thought we went we'd go an entire regular season with no Kyle Busch win um and so when you look at you know some of the drivers like Jimmy Johnson who didn't make it in um and, and then you you look at the guys who did I mean it just goes to show you the depth of the competition. I mean, Eric Jones didn't make it, you know, there, there are a number of drivers that really should have been in the playoffs, the 42 cars in the playoffs every year. But of course, you know, this year, Matt Kenseth coming in and just couldn't get enough, you know, out of it to, to, to put it in, Um, you know, it's, it's, it shows you how hard it is, In And how many fast cars there are in Cup, we thought for a while, for example, that John Hunter Nemechek had enough speed in the 38 to point his way in, and then he sort of faded out as, you know, the season kept going. So, I mean, I think for the most part, yeah, you got the the guys you expect to be in, but... Um, I think when you get to the sort of maybe 10 through or 12 through 16, I think there are probably 12 guys in that group. And, of course, only a handful of them are going to are going to make it in. So, you know, it's at the bottom of that 16 where I think it's most competitive. Um, And, you know, I think it's uh, you expect, for example, I would have thought the 21 would have made it. But, you know, Matt has not had a particularly great season, and it's not all his fault, of course. But that's, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see what the first round looks like, to be honest.
2: And I think having Kyle Bush sitting in 15th right now is kind of interesting because, you know, with as much bad luck as he's had the last several weeks, yeah. he can't afford any more bad luck at this point. I mean, I know that, you know, the, the points have been reset at this point, but he can't afford to have another bad week because he's going to be knocked out of the playoffs before they even really be, get going, and that's going to be hard to fathom. Kyle Bush not in the playoffs. You know, exactly after we get to the third race of yep. the first round. So, um, but everybody else uh, in there, Tyler, is there anybody in there that you feel surprised actually made it into the top sixteen?
1: Um, well, I'm definitely surprised William Byron made it in, but you know what that that tells you what a what a great effort uh, a rookie or not a rookie a young driver yeah. and a veteran crew chief that can make you know hail Mary pass and. I mean, especially at Daytona. I mean, you show up to Daytona; it's a hell mary pass. Even when you go out just to practice, sure. you are getting ready to throw a hell mary pass. So, I am surprised that he made it in, uh, considering that you know he hasn't really had the best performances out of all the Hendrick cars. But you know what? They stepped it up when I come towards the end of the playoffs. They really did. Mm-hmm. They, he ran really good at Dover. Uh, he ran good at the races before that. But I don't. You guys, uh, you have a little bit of doubt about uh, Matt De Benedetto, Matt Brito. My buddy in the twenty one. Oh, we Brito. love Matt. Oh, but we I love think Matt. he's a good
2: friend but, of mine. I just I know. think
1: that he's going to surprise everyone.
0: I hope so. I think he is because I,
1: mean, I think, well, in that Wood Brothers car, I think that if you look at all the Pensy cars uh, relatively all together, I think Blaney is really the only one that has consistent speed every single week, and I think uh, Matt actually runs closer to what Joey and and uh, um, Keselowski run every single week. So I don't think he's he hasn't had the the greatest season, but he's had a, really, a lot of really strong runs, and he's fairly consistent. And he you know he never really ruffles too many feathers, and he never uh, gets himself put in bad situations. I think he's a really good spot or a really good racer, a really smart one as well. So I think he'll be the one that surprises all of us.
0: I hope you're right. I just and I agree with everything you said. And as far as it goes, I think. But I think when you get to the playoffs, and you know this yourself. If you're going to advance, you got to win. Mm -hmm. And I just haven't seen but maybe one or two races. And, again, it's hard. Matt was in a different car with a different team last Mm -hmm. year. It's hard to, you know, so I'm not saying the potential isn't there. But I think it's time. And you got to go start winning. And I just haven't seen winning speed at too many races so far this year out of that team. And you're going to have to eventually you're just going to run out of out of points if mm-hmm. you don't win a race. So uh, I can't believe Kyle Busch, for example, is going to go an entire playoff without winning yeah. something. Right. So, you know, that's where I look at these guys and say, you know what? It's nothing personal. Just saying when mm-hmm. you look, you know, Austin Dillon's kind of the same. He gets a win every now and then and he wins his way in and then he gets to the playoffs. And if you can't win again. Right. You know, so. Yeah. I think that's the difference between the guys that win the championships and the guys that aren't quite there yet. Right. You know. Well, yeah. and, and Matt
2: actually has something to race for other than just wins and you know a championship. He's he's fighting for his life at this point because yeah. he doesn't have a he doesn't yeah. have a confirmed ride. So which is sad, of the determination so. of the of the top sixteen, fifteen of them know what they're doing next year. One of them does not. So he's obviously fighting for more than just points, but. I mean, if you look at the list and you look at the guys on the list, I mean, obviously Stuart Haas has all four of their cars in the playoffs. Penske has four of their cars, if you you think about the Wood Brothers, too. Everybody else has some of their teammates, but not all of them in there, but... Tom, you and I talk all the time about consistency will get you into the playoffs, but consistency is not going to win you the championship. Right. Unless you're Matt Crafton. Um, Matt Crafton's the yeah. exception to the rule. Um, but everybody else, I mean, especially at the cup level, you have to win races to win the championship. That's just all there is to it. And when you get, when you look at Harvick and Hamlin and how dominant they've been all season long, now that everybody's pretty much reset at this point, now you have to go out and beat those two guys. It's yep. not really about the other 14. It's about Kevin Harvick and Danny Hamlin and beating those two guys because obviously they've shown – the power this
0: year. Yeah. I mean, those two are the guys, obviously that you go into the playoffs at, and look at and say, if you're going to be the champion, you got to beat those two guys mm-hmm. enough times to, to win it. Um, and we haven't seen a lot of guys be able to do that. Right. I mean, they, so um, it's been a weird season, but I also, I also know that when we get to the playoffs, you know, and everybody kind of steps up their energy and their ambition and, and their aggression level, you know, things happen that maybe don't happen during the regular season. So um, just because those two have won, you know, a majority of the races between them or whatever, doesn't mean that somebody can't. You got to look at Tony Stewart in 20, what was it, 11, 2011? You got to, when you get to the playoffs, a whole different ball game. And now we've got some tracks of the playoffs that. Haven't always been there, and it's a kind of a like I said, this is sort of a, a weird year anyway. So I almost expect the unexpected in the playoffs. You would almost hope that
2: you have the unexpected since we've had this whole season of you know what if yeah. let's try this, what if this doesn't work. Uh So to end up you know having that situation happen, you hope that we end up with at least a good a good mix of drivers in the final four. I mean, yep. you obviously don't want. You know, all the Stuart Haas drivers competing for the championship, you want each manufacturer kind of represented. You know, you want that that good mix of of talent there. That's right. um, So let's talk about some news before we go to break, and then uh, we'll finish it up when we get back. Uh, William Byron signed a contract extension with uh, Hendrick Motorsports. He will be in the 24th through 2022, um, which is an interesting uh, tidbit. I didn't know that Byron is actually younger than Jeff Gordon was when he won his first race. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I think a lot of people just tend to forget how young William Byron actually is. Well, like in terms of you know how quickly he moved up through the ranks.
0: Well, yeah, and I think that's you know, and it was interesting what you said earlier, Tyler, about saying that you know I'm surprised William made it. Um, again, when you look at that bottom group, you know, two of the three going in, it was Maddie and 200 cars, and he was one of them. Like you, you would think that William Byron and Ch- and Chad Kanaus, like that would be, you know, William would go start winning, but it, it takes a while sometimes to build chemistry, and I think William kind of. He advanced pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he 's still growing into his feet a yeah. little bit, and so I think going forward you'll you 'll see william byron 's confidence level come up, and as that comes up, I think the performance goes with it. So I actually feel like you 're right a lot of a lot of people don 't realize how young he is, and I think also a lot of people underestimate his upside potential. I think William is going to be 'Cause he's very intelligent and, and he you know, he he learns uh quickly. I think William given another year, I think William's gonna be great, honestly. I think him and Chad will be really, really strong it's, in twenty twenty one.
1: It's gonna be a Joey Logano two point oh. Yes, I think that's I think exactly so too. what you saw with Joey Logano yep. got in it really early. And hmm. you know, it took a little while for him to get going, but he got going and that can be tough, um, working with a veteran crew chief. Um, I've experienced that and you know, racing Super League models, uh, Blake Bambridge and Clay Rogers, um, they're, you know, my two head guys on my team uh-huh. when my father and I had our own Super League model team. And, you know, it did take about a year for that gap to bridge from, you know, old school, you know, language and lingo to mine. Because growing up racing quarter midgets and midgets and, you know, racing open wheel cars yep. with my father, that's the only kind of language I knew. It was like me and dad. Like, so when the two tried to mesh in the middle, they just clashed. And it didn't really work. So it took a little while for that to get going. And once it did, we took off and we went and won races and we were fast. So I can definitely understand if that's a, a part of their uh, Chad's and uh, William's relationship right now. Uh, and I can definitely understand that. And that's something that you just have to learn and get over that hurdle.
0: Wouldn't it also be the case with like and even with looking at your own perspective, every time you make a jump to a new team and you have a new crew chief, it then takes, you know, that's why I thought last year what you and and Bona were able to accomplish at, at DGR was pretty amazing, frankly, because um, it was almost like the two of you were just close enough in approach or whatever, where you really hit it off and, mm-hmm. and were able to. Yeah, um, but you'd been in, you know, in the organization for a bit, too. So it wasn't as if you went to a whole new situation.
1: Yeah. Well, Bono Bono had been at DGR a year. He'd gone to DGR the year that I started racing K and N at DGR. Yeah. So he had gotten to know me a little bit. Yep. And he had seen. Yeah. Excuse me. Ooh, got the hiccups. But he had seen me go race a few times in the K and N series. So like we kind of knew each other uh, when we got in the truck. But I think for me, with what, what, what it was with Bono, was I had already known who Bono was before I even met him uh just through Martin Truex and, right. and you getting to meet him and I always just through stories as well, Dell Junior Podcast helps as well. But I think I think it was just my respect for respect for Bono and the trust that I had in him had helped a lot. But almost my entire racing career up till then was old school racers. I mean I I my one of I was racing out of PRW here in Statesville yep. so for mm-hmm. you know the longest time and uh B and B uh the auto body shop right there near downtown, I think it's b and b i I hung a late model body in there, so and I'd always been around the guys in have been racing since the eighties and the nineties and the early 2000s, even when it came to late model stuff so i always i already kind of understood um in a sense i already kind of understood bono uh, the type of person he'd want to be or who who he was wanting to be as a crew chief right. um and I understood that. And I think from there, and the help of David Gilland and almost everyone, every single person around me, uh, I always appreciated him, and he always worked really hard for me.
2: All right, we're going to have more with Tyler here in a little bit. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and have the rest of the news of the NASCAR world. You're watching the Inside Pass on Facebook Live. We'll be back right after this.
0: To, to these guys want
2: some great hosts. you listen to the inside path. we're giving Tyler uh ideas for his next social media bit yeah ooh are we
0: yeah exactly you
2: can use that for your next heck yeah crazy tyler Ankle. crazy <laughs> i <know> that sometimes <laughs> yeah if you if you if you haven't seen what we're talking about there is a a, a facebook uh post that tyler did it was like th- three months ago now or so right something like that now, yeah of uh, some safety stuff that he was uh, practicing on uh for some sponsorship stuff he was doing, so it's yeah, good stuff, good video. Yeah, yeah if
0: you're not following at Tyler Ankrum on Twitter, please do. I'm mm. telling you, it's hilarious. Yes. Well, you got you a, you've got a very dry sense of humor.
1: I do. Yeah, it's it's something that uh people don't really understand it. And I think I get it from my dad, my grandpa. I spe- you can see it more with my grandpa because my grandpa he he dressed Well, he's all cowboy. He rides horses and every day, and uh, he he grew up all cowboy and. Um, he ropes and whatnot, but you, you talk to him and uh, y- y- he'll say something to you. But I know it's a joke because I, you know, grew up around my yeah, grandpa. Right. But he'll say it straight face, yeah. like, like it, it could be talking crap right to your face, and I'm on the ground rolling yeah. laughing. And they're just sitting there. And they go, "Do I take this guy serious?" <laughs> <laughs> so I think I get that a lot from my dad and my grandpa. It's just kind of, I think it's an Ancrum thing. But uh, even still, like people sometimes don't understand my humor because they don't know if I'm just trying to be mean or just to be, uh, yeah, never mind, if I'm but just trying to be mean. <laughs> and I, uh, I get caught up in that sometimes because going back to what we were talking about before the show, if, like, if I can't talk crap to you, but you can talk it to me. It's like we are going to have a really rough relationship <laughs> or friendship well, yeah, you, because that's Scott just not the way our own. It's got, and yeah. I not. And I always expect it back. That's the fun
0: thing. But you've never been afraid with your social media to sort of get into character or do something silly. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I like about you on social media is you you're you're always honest. You know, I go back to the announcement last year that when you sat and, and basically told us all that, look, mm-hmm. you know, I, we got to stop for a bit until we find sponsorship. We're not going to, you know, I mean, that was as heartfelt and straightforward. And, you know, that's you're just you. You're very authentic.
1: Well, thank you. I uh, very authentic. I'm really big on uh, not hiding who you are and just being yourself. I'm really yep. big on that. Uh, and. Cause I don't. I've never really believed in it. I've never really be- believed in you know hiding th- certain things from right. people. Yeah, I got insecurities. Yeah, I think I have things I don't like about myself. But you know what? I'm me at the end of the day, and I'm probably not going to be able to change it. So unless I go to the gym and try to get better looking, but I think. Uh, <laughs> Let me
2: know if you find a gym where that can happen. <laughs> yeah,
1: Gold's Gym.
0: Call Hunter Smith at Fit Stop Performance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fit you right up.
1: Yeah. No, but uh, I think uh, I think for me, just when it, when it comes to social media, I think I, every once in a while. I come up with a good idea, but usually it comes inspiration from somewhere else like i'm I'm with my friends and we'll be going we'll be out doing something on my farm or somewhere else and I'll come or someone will say something really funny or have a funny idea I'll go this is a perfect opportunity to come up with that idea and post something about it but uh, I think uh I think I can do better on social media, but my my biggest thing also when it comes to social media is not to make it sound corporate or look right. corporate yeah. That's my biggest thing. Because I think I think what you, social media, the the bandwidth of social media, what should be for is to build a brand, but also help build your sponsor's brand, but also at the same time build yourself as a person.
0: Well, and, you are your brand.
1: Correct, you are your brand, yep. and I think that's the biggest thing. Is I think you can do all of that in one single. Yes, I agree. One single post or photo or whatever you want to call it, you can do it all in one. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Which I think some people sometimes get a little confused with. Um I know that's one of my biggest things with my parents is like, oh you posted like three fun things in a row. It's like, yeah, but I Lyona shirt in on that one. I was doing this and that one. It's like uh, a was in it. It's like that was cool, right? It's
0: fun. But also that's how it's how you disguise it, right? right. People yeah. want people want to live their lives through you. Yeah. They right. want to see who you really are. Yeah. Now obviously there are some limits and some yeah. places you shouldn't yeah. go yeah. and some obviously. some drivers have <laughs> trouble distinguishing mm-hmm. but <laughs> You know, but I mean, but you've never been one of those guys. Oh, I appreciate you because your parents raised you well, hmm. and so yeah. you're able to to, to now. You know, I don't know if you heard that. Get, <laughs> yes, I uh, heard it. Um, you know, but but uh, it's you know, and you have cows.
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah, and yeah.
0: cows. Can people cows always? You everything. know, animals. You know, mm-hmm. dogs, cats, cows. You know, show more animals on social media and Gives they get responsibility. Responsibility. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, that too. Yeah. That too. Yeah. You actually work for what yeah. you get. Well,
1: I think I think it's funny because people people. I'm from Southern California. I'm, I'm from San Bernardino, Redlands, Ukiahpa area. Yeah. Uh, Inland Empire, and that's the biggest misconception when it comes to me is you think oh six one tall blonde hair oh you're a surfer guy right it's like no I didn't grow up in Huntington Santa Monica right. I grew up far actually in fact I can't stand the beach. I grew up riding horses and roping steers and or steers. Just, I, I'll explain <laughs> later uh, for people who don't know, but I grew up around rodeo and cars. My grandpa always had classic cars in the garage and he was building to sell at auction and whatnot. So I always kind of grew up around that. I didn't grow I didn't grow up around the hip culture. I guess you could say. I think you could say I was trying to be an urban cowboy, if you will, but. Uh, that's the biggest misconception with me is when I tell them, hey, I'm leaving the race shop. They're like, oh, what are you going to go do? It's like, well, I got to repair this fence. I got to paint this fence. I got to <laughs> go do this. Go I got to do that. And then they go, oh, what do you got after?" that I was like, oh, then I'm meeting, you know, Josh Wise and we're going to go work out and I'm going to do this probably about eight o'clock at night because my mom won't make me quit working <laughs> to go hang out with my girlfriend or whatnot or my friends or whatever. So I think, uh, I think, yeah, I think it does give you a sense of responsibility but also a sense of hard work. There are times where, I have to put the farm on back burner because there is so much to do, during, sure. especially during the summer, because uh, I sometimes lose sight of revolving my life around the farm and not racing when it was where it should always be. But right. you always have all these different responsibilities everywhere, and you always try to find the right balance. And it's even worse when I'm in school. I took the fall off, because of, the fall off of college because I didn't know what was going to happen with the coronavirus. I didn't know what was going to happen with racing. So I was like, you know, I'm going to take the fall off, not risk anything make sure I can, you know, stay in school. Yeah. So I think uh, I think with everything going on, I got a good rhythm to my life. I think that's really the biggest thing for me. I'm always busy, which is nice because I'd be bored, especially when the corona was around and racing was shut down. Yeah. I was ready to pull my hair out because I was so bored all the time. My girlfriend was tired of me. My friends were tired of me. <laughs> my mom was definitely tired of me. She's ready to move back to California. Even even the farm and animals ran oh, away. Oh my gosh! Like, yeah. Oh, here comes Tyler. That's my wrong. cows quit liking me. They're like, man, we liked you a lot more when you quit coming around so much.
2: <laughs> like I can't give you anything else. Go go away. Leave me alone.
0: <laughs> You're the only ones I can hang out with now. <laughs> just, just
2: sitting on the ground in the middle of the cow field. Just, yeah. I'm just hit. Tyler here by myself. Yeah. All right, let's go back to the news real quick, and then we'll get to know more about Tyler. Uh, Eric Almirola signed uh, with Stuart Haas Racing another year, Smithfield coming back for 2021. So there's another ride, Tom, that's now out of the uh, picture for anybody who may yeah. want to ride or, I guess, drive for Stuart uh, in 2021.
0: Well, I, yeah, and I think uh, when you look at it, I mean, it what's left at Stuart uh-huh. Haas? Okay, so you got Almirola back, and, and you know Cole Custer isn't going anywhere, Um so you know what have you got? You've basically Kevin Harvick's not going anywhere. So you've got Clint Boyer, and it, are you going to really replace Clint Boyer? I mean, you know, you'd have to if if Clint wants to go, that's one thing. But I don't think he does, and I don't think they really want him to go. I, th- I so I hear a lot of rumors about Kyle Larson and SHR. I just don't see where he fits into the picture right now because. Unless you get a whole whopping big check for Kyle Larson to come and drive for you that's way bigger than what Boyer, you know, um, has, then I don't see that happening, at least not this year. Maybe yeah. in a year or two, but I don't see it now.
2: Yeah, That's that's very true. Also, Jermaine Racing, uh, apparently there's a rumor going around that they could be up for sale. It's an unofficial sale, but um, some of the team owners said, you know, they'd, they'd entertain any offer for anybody who might yeah. want to buy that team. So um, there could be some, some potential... Um, you know, fired to that, to that rumor. Um, and Trevor Bain is also going to return to the track this weekend, actually at uh, Darlington. He's going to pilot the number 40 for nice motorsports. Good to see Trevor back. Yeah. I needed a um, the bell
0: there so I could hit. There you go. Hit there the you go. Bell. That's yeah. bell.
2: That's a bell. That's a bell for for Trevor Bain. Good to see Trevor back. Yes. Um, a lot of us feel like he got wrongfully outed from, uh, from Roush. So, um, good to see him I back agree. in the middle of a truck. So, yeah, Um, So we are going to take another quick break. When we come back, we'll get to know more about Tyler. We'll spend the second half hour talking to uh, Tyler Anker about his season and uh, his career in general when we come back. More of the Inside Pass on WSAC right after this.
1: I'm Chase Elliott,
2: and you're listening to the Inside Pass. Welcome back to the Inside Pass here on WSIC. And Once again, if you're watching us on Facebook Live, thank you for tuning in to our show. We are taping the show. It will air Saturday morning, 9 a.m., WSIC Radio, part of the Motorsports Power Hour, um, with uh, PRN's At The Track with Lenny Baticki coming on right after our show on Saturday morning. So if you missed the uh, live version of the show, you can check it out Saturday morning, uh, right before the Darlington race weekend gets uh, really underway. We've got to all three series in action at Darlington this weekend, trucks, Xfinity, and Cup. And speaking of trucks, our guest uh, today, Tyler Ankrum, joining us in studio. Um, it's very rare we get a driver, especially these days, to come into the studio. So thank you for you know yeah. fighting coronavirus or whatever to come in here. People fighting think it real hard. A, well, people think that this <sighs> oh, is kidding. like you know a, a bad place to be, but <laughs> as we've we've told you before, we start the show that this like this entire studio is probably cleaner than. You know, the the cleaning aisle at the supermarket with all the cleaning stuff that we use to sanitize this place. So um, it is very, very safe. But uh, so I wanted to to kind of do kind of like an in-depth type of interview, kind of where you started from and then kind of lead up to where we are right now. So. You mentioned in the last segment, of course, you were born in, in California, and you talked about the misconception that everybody thinks that people born in California are automatically surfers or, yeah. you know, you ride sharks or whatever for right. a living. tree huggers. I came from Texas, <laughs> so everybody assumes that I own a farm and yeah. that I watch tumbleweeds go by all the time. Right. But I'm from metropolitan Dallas, so there's no tumbleweeds anywhere oh, around. Yeah. So I, I know what that what that whole misconception thing is like, mm-hmm. but how does one go from a, Sandy, a, a San Bernardino-born kid to a NASCAR Truck series star.
1: Well, for me, uh, as a kid, I was always really into cars. Uh, my grandpa always had old muscle cars. Uh, he had El Caminos, Corvettes, Novas, Camaros. Uh, he always had, he was always he always had his hands on something. There, he was always working on something, and so I got to see a lot of that as a kid. And um, my, actually, my, my one of my grandpa's really good friends, uh, Phil, uh, he actually did that also as a car restora- car restoration business. So there'll be times where uh, my grandpa would pick me up from school and we we'd go to his but, but buddy Phil's house and they just sit there, drink beer and work on cars. And I just sit there in the corner and watch them. Uh, so I was always, always fascinated with cars growing up. And then uh, along with that, uh, my family was always NASCAR fans. So every single year, uh, like my family growing up, we didn't have the money to go vacation. So... Auto Club in Fontana was our vacation. We had like this fifth wheel weekend warrior, and you loaded everyone up in the fifth wheel or in the dually, my grandpa's dually, and we'd go to Fontana for the weekend. And so that's what that was our vacation for, you know, Thursday through Sunday. It was just the NASCAR track. And uh, so for me as a kid, it was always camped on the back stretch of Fontana, and that's what we did every year, and we always watched NASCAR. Uh, Sundays we was watching the NASCAR races in golf because my dad was a golfer as a kid. So every time there was a commercial, he'd p- hit the previous button, go, switch over to PGA, and every single time there was a commercial at the PGA Tour, he'd switch back over to the Cup Series. So it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for me as a kid. And uh, I was always just fascinated with NASCAR. I was always a fan far before I was a driver. And uh, actually I didn't know it at the time. When I was a kid, but my dad also had raced, and he he raced quarter midgets, and uh, he went he raced quarter midgets about to the time until he was age of 13, 14, when it was getting ready to time to go open-wheel midget racing or sprint car racing, uh, but his parents couldn't afford to do so, so they said, hey, here's a bag of golf clubs. Here's another sport you can try. So that's when he became a golfer, and uh, so I never knew that, and I was actually one day, I want to say I was like six or seven, or I think I was six. Yeah, I was six. I was sitting in my grandmother's lap, just flipping through the family photos, and I saw a picture of a quarter midget, and I go, what's that? My (laughs) grandpa goes, that's your dad. When he was 11 years old, he raised quarter midgets. And I think what every six-year-old says is, is, I want one. Yeah,
0: why why (laughs) don't I have one? (laughs) Right, why don't I I have one? Actually, no, it goes like this. Can I have one? Basically, yeah. (laughs) So
1: for two years— Two years, almost every single day, I asked, when can we go racing? And after two years, on my eighth Christmas, I got my very first quarter midget. Uh, Tad Pfizer built it. And my ninth birthday was my very first race. March 6th was wow. my very first race. And I was turning nine. And then from there, I raced core midgets for about four years. Um, my final year, I was the first driver to win all four national championships in a single year. That record actually still stands. Uh, after what six, seven years now? More than that, something like that, yeah, yeah, probably six, seven, six, eight years, yeah, seven, yeah. seven or eight years. That record still stands. And then that's awesome. From there, I w- I did midgets for about a year, and on the quarter midget tour, I became really good friends with Todd Gilland, and David had just started a late model team, so I'm racing midgets on the West Coast and a little bit a little bit of pavement stuff on the East Coast. And David Gillen was at my uh, New Year's party uh, in my house in California, just you know, becoming friends with the Gillens. And David asked me what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, and he was still cup driving at the time. And I was like, "What do you mean? What do I want to do? I want to do what you do." <laughs> I just remember him laughing at me because I think I looked at him like he was, uh, <laughs> well, it was crazy, a silly question. Yeah, it's a. Silly, it was <laughs> kind of a silly question, and. uh and David helped my father um, get a late model, uh, got a crew chief. We started racing at DGR. I was 12 years old, started racing a limited late model, 13, went late model racing. And actually, 13, we split off from DGR and started our own late model team. We hired a handful of guys, got a shop. Actually, was it, our very first shop was in a old uh, um, Ford dealership and had no AC, no insulation. So middle summer in Ashboro, North Carolina, you just have these brick walls that are covered in Ford, and all these old, really cool lifts I and pull downs. Oh, I think yeah, you yeah, did go there.
0: You and I were working together then.
1: And uh, we went there, and from there we went to Ram Sewer, and I started racing super late models. And then uh, from there we actually went back down to Mooresville, uh, and that's when we hired. Uh, kind of pretty much scrapped the entire team and restarted uh, got revolver chassis when we went to fury chassis compared to what we were racing yeah. Yeah. went to fury chassis hired clay rogers blake bainbridge and uh, we absolutely hauled the mail my final year super late model did. and then uh, actually went back to go race at dgr with david gillen my first year at K&N won the K&N East series uh, won f- one four races i believe and then went truck racing with David again and then uh, won a race at Kentucky my very first year and won the rookie of the year. Uh, made it to round six in the playoffs. I know I sound like a real statistician right now, but <laughs> I'm trying to boost my resume as anywhere I can. <laughs> and uh, and then, uh, you know, I think, I think my very first year in the truck, I impressed a lot of people at Chevrolet. And uh, we re- honestly really didn't have the money to go to GMS this year, but we got really lucky with the that them coming on board, super thankful for them. And also Chevrolet. Chevrolet has uh, supported me a lot this year. So I'm really, really thankful for them and what they're doing with me right now. And I just uh, i am ever, ever more thankful for everyone at GMS and Chevrolet and LiUNA.
2: There were a lot of rumors, I think, at the end of, of last year about where your plans were for this year. There was a lot of rumors about, like, Kyle Busch, you know, stealing you away from DGR, or putting you on one of his <laughs> trucks um there was a lot of other i (laughs) heard i i i
1: I kept on telling everyone i was going to go end up in the 48 car Everyone was like hey man what are you doing next year i was like i'm taking the 48 car
0: all the way to cup
1: (laughs) all the way to cup no but actually i know what you're talking about because it was martinsville people were walking up to me like hey man congratulations with the knee start i'm like what are you talking about it's like I haven't signed nothing. (laughs) Or hey man, congratulations (laughs) with the Kyle Busher. I'm like I don't. I'm not even what? Where are you hearing all these things?
0: Yeah, the rumor was that Kyle walked into DGR, walked out with Tyler Ankrum, and it's like did he did he have to tie him up or kidnap him? Right. That's
2: how the rumor started, and then I think we started the rumor that Kyle walked into DGR with you know a handful of cash, whatever, walked out with you and a cow. Yes. Because (laughs) I said that taking the cow was part of the deal to get you to come to. Oh my gosh,
1: I heard all. I even heard. I even heard people people. People were telling me that they heard i was going xfinity racing i yeah, said no i, yeah, I believe I'm, we heard that rumor too i'm not going xfinity racing and they're like well we're we gonna know I was like you're gonna find out in miami <laughs> so
2: <laughs> so this year i mean 2020 has been just a, an absolutely crazy year you know with coronavirus and coming back and having to restart the season all over again and as we mentioned before we came on the air you are Six, well, 15 points inside the cut line of the, of the Truck Series playoffs right now. There's two races left this weekend at Darlington, next weekend at Richmond, and Derek Krause is your closest competition. Everybody else is, has to win a race, basically, to make it in. So, really, you only have one actual competition, unless somebody like Stuart Friesen or yeah. or Johnny Sutter end up winning, but these are two brand new tracks for you guys on the Truck Series circuit, because they haven't ran these two tracks in several years.
1: So. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I think me right now, me and Todd are tied 15 above the point, the cutoff line, and mm-hmm. then uh, Derek is 15 below, so yeah. it's, uh, it's not comfortable, but it's nice enough to have, uh, knowing that you can go into these next two races and be fairly aggressive, and I think everyone right now is uh kind of on edge about Darlington because of how tough on track that's too tough to tame the Lady in Black. And uh I think I think with that kind of place everyone's a little nervous heading to Darlington cuz no one really knows what's going to happen. Uh, I think it's going to really be about who's the smartest guy because I think there's going to be a lot of guys at the end of the race that aren't going to have right side bodies. Yeah. And they're going to need that side force and all that all those aerodynamics to help them make them go fast and I think knock on wood hopefully I'm not that's not me. I think that if you go into Darlington with the mindset of playing it, not playing it safe, but playing it smart, yeah, safe or smart, not safe playing it smart, I think you can go out there smelling like roses, and I think you can go to Richmond and have an easy day, and so that will be the biggest thing going to Darlington is not getting too excited, not getting too caught up because if the place is as hard as it is in the simulator as it is in real life, I'm you know. I think I'm be playing it very, very smart. So I think uh, going to Darlington, it's all going to be about survival. Who builds the tougher trucks? Who builds a stiffer right-side body than the rest of them? Because so, from what I've been told, it's not if but when you hit the right side of that truck and turn one.
2: Yeah. yeah, You're destined to lead Darlington with a, with a, stripe, a stripe at some yeah. point right. during the race. Yeah. So um, it's definitely going to be a, an exciting race. But you, you also mentioned having not won a race this year, whereas last year you won to get into the playoffs. But... I think Tom and I both agree that I, if, if I was a driver, I would much rather win all my races in the chase or in the playoffs as much as opposed to yeah. winning it before you get there. But yeah. I think everybody looks at what happened last year with uh, Grant Infinger winning the regular season championship, having not won a single race, and then Matt Crafton, his teammate, ending up winning the championship, having never not won anything all year long, including a race, just being there at the end. And I think with this... With this playoff format and the way that everything works out, when you're if you're one of the final four at Phoenix, you just have to be better than the other three. You don't have to necessarily have to yeah. win the race.
1: That's I think that's kind of the, the one of the biggest flaws with the format. Like I think a lot of people think it's it, you know, um, what's the phrase? Uh, when to get in? Mm-hmm. I think like what you guys were talking about with the cup cars. I think a lot of people do think that way. I don't think it's it's a wrong way of thinking, but I think it's not necessarily the best way of thinking because you can have a situation where you had last year where Brett Moffitt won all three races in the very first I think it was the very first yeah, round of yeah, playoffs, I was the playoffs. He won the first two in the in mm-hmm. the very first r- round of the playoffs. So it's like okay, so you really can't have that kind of format. So I think it really just comes down to, you know, who really does have the best playoffs because he can have a great year and it can be ruined in one round of the playoffs because he exactly. had two unlucky races. So I think when it comes to us not having having won a race um, so far this year. And I don't necessarily look at that as an issue. I look at that as an opportunity because if we're looking for a point in time to peak, it's to peak right now. Oh, of course. Yep. Because sure. that I think that's what happened to me last year. Um, won Kentucky and I peaked. I think the next three or four races I was in the top five or something like that or top ten every single race. And then we kind of plateaued. And I think you guys that look at guys in the truck series who were really really strong at the beginning of the year or they're not so strong now. so right. they can be you know, in a recession ready to peak again or there are some there are some guys that are peaking right now that are probably peaking too early. so I think I think we have some magic bolts slid up our sleeves here at the 26 Leona Chevrolet here at GMS Racing. And uh, I think we'll be fine once we get reach the playoffs.
2: I think your entire team is starting to peak with you know with Zane, Sheldon, you yeah. know Brent Moffat, everybody that's on that team. Yeah. Um. And in having the the veteran guys coming into the twenty four tar- car every once in a while, Greg. The Griffin, Biff. Anyway. Yeah. To be teammates with the Biff this the weekend. Biff. So um, we'll talk. Em. We'll talk to more. Uh, talk more <laughs> with Tyler about that when we come back. We're gonna play a little <laughs> game of uh, ten questions with Tyler. And when we come back, we'll be right back on the Inside Pass. This is Justin Lawson, and you're listening to the best guys on the
0: radio, The Inside Pass.
2: Welcome back to The Inside Pass. Here on WSAC, Randy Miller, Tom Baker, Tyler Ankrum, sitting in studio with us. And I guess I should mention, also, of course, Nikia, our lovely Nikia, doing our production for us uh, as she does every week. But uh, Tyler actually brought his uh, whether one's babysitting the other one or whatever. But Jessica, the the the, P, the very awesome PR person for. Uh, GMS Racing is, uh, is sitting off to the camera. She, she won't. She's camera side, She won't be on camera. But we thank her for uh, for gracing us with her presence today, and so she can kind of see how, uh, how we do things here in the, the WSIC studio. But I wanted to, to while we have five or ten minutes left, I wanted to do a, a little game with uh, Tyler Ankrum called Ten Questions with Tyler Ankrum. They're easy questions, but I mean they kind of I guess have a little thought process to them. But you've uh-huh. answered some of them already. But yeah, I played uh, so things
1: before. <laughs>
0: Just move on, Randy.
2: All right, we're, we're moving on. Uh, so, question one: <laughs> Who game. who was your biggest influence growing up?
1: Mm, my father, one hundred percent.
2: I I figured based on everything you were saying, you know, with your your father and your grandfather, the family obviously playing a huge role. Mm-hmm. So that would obviously be a, a pretty easy answer. What is your biggest fear in life? Alligators. Really? Yeah.
1: Screw alligators. I went down to wow. Hi- I went I went down to Hilton Head that was expected. I went down to Hilton Head and there is like this uh park or this like national forest and I'd seen this 16 foot uh alligator floating on the water like a hundred yards away. And my mom was like, oh, let's go by the water and take pictures. I'm like, screw you. I'll stay my rear end. I'll be right over here. I'll be in the truck with the windows up. (laughs) And when you get drug in the water, I'm going to (laughs) wave by Because you wanted to be fun and nice and go play in the water. There are monsters lurking in the water. You do not know about Want to go take pictures by the water. Oh, come on.
2: That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, But I I actually kind of agree with you on that. Uh, What is one thing that makes Tyler laugh?
1: Oh, uh, dark humor.
2: Dark humor. Oh, all right. That's one hundred percent. One hundred percent dark humor. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> what
1: What is your go to karaoke song? Ooh, um, don't stop believing by Journey. One hundred percent. Is that's uh, that's gotta be America's like number that's one karaoke true. That's karaoke, true. That's karaoke that's, song.
0: That's a good. But that's can you record. actually sing the song?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, I'll put some skinny jeans on and a, and a leopard skin-tight shirt. His, his, yellow, his yellow safety vest. I'll have my chest hair poking out through the, the V-neck. And I'll, your sunglasses. you gotta And have my sunglasses. Things. I'll yes. be looking like Don Johnson from Miami Vice.
0: Future social media post. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yes. Yes. Jessica's going to have to take you to a karaoke bar and let you do that. Just, Heck, just yeah. for the Just for the I image know, on social media. I know media. a place. <laughs> if you could time travel, would you go back or would you go to the future?
1: And why? Definitely not the future, because it's probably more screwed up than what we're dealing with right now.
0: (laughs) Probably. Um, Probably, yeah.
1: Definitely the past. Definitely nowhere past where witchcraft was a thing. Because I'm sure if you just teleported and popped up somewhere, they'd try to, you know, put you on a stake for witchcraft. Because he, like, popped up with a cell phone, like, hey, guys, what's going on? And they're like, witch. So I think I I would probably pick a time where... I, I would like to go back to the 60s, and not like Los Angeles 60s where the smog was the issue. What I mean is like right when the muscle car was being made.
0: See, that's where exactly what I thought you were going to say.
1: He was I want, fit right in yeah, going I, right there. I would have liked to, if, I, if you said, hey, See, I pick, said a, 50s. pick a time to time right. travel and go back and stay there. I'd say start in the 50s, watch watch everything evolve from there. Yeah.
2: All right. What is your guilty TV show pleasure?
1: Oh, um. Alright, so don't judge me for this one. So right now <laughs> I don't know if I should say this. Um, me and my girlfriend started a show called uh Mar- Married at First Sight. Yes, and you know what I, I watched the show too. It is And you know thinking. what? At first I was like, Oh gosh, and, you know, I like my girlfriend a lot. I'm just gonna, you know, do it for her, right? You know, compromise, relationships about compromise, Tyler. Like exactly. that's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> that's right. It's like, all right, you're gonna watch Married at First Sight so you can watch what you want next, right? Then I found myself like three episodes in, really into it. I was like, "What are you thinking? You're thirty yeah. something years old, and you're having a you know relationship and blah 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 blah." Just...
2: Yeah, I think it's the the agony of watching somebody else's life fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Or just like, it makes you people... feel better about the life you have. Yeah. So.
1: And just have not people not think it's like, not how exactly. could you not see yeah. this specifically?
2: Yeah. That that's exactly how I feel too. Um, if you came with a warning label, what would yours say? <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> there'd be a, a lot. There'd probably be a hazard signal on there. I'm not toxic. I don't think I am. But um, uh, w- what warning label would I have? Oh. Um, I have random spurts of crackhead energy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Somehow I can see that.
1: Just random spurts. Like most of the time I'm I'm mellow. Like I, right now I'm mellow, but like it just. Sometimes it's just
2: it's like you could snap at any moment,
1: just, just become snap. like somebody with turrets
2: and yeah. just Yeah, like the OCD kicks in, I
1: got to clean yeah. everything, <laughs> I got to do everything all that, in that very moment. You're, you're dusting your truck going down yeah, the front straight exactly. away. It's like, right. I see a
2: piece of dust. Yeah. Um, if you had to describe yourself as an animal, what animal would it be?
1: Oh my gosh. American bald eagle, man. Look at this hair. <laughs> it's feathered and lethal, <laughs> it blows in the wind. <laughs> you should see it on race <laughs> feathered weekends. Feathered and lethal. <laughs> <laughs> that,
2: that's awesome. That is so awesome. That's Tyler, his warning
0: label. I'm feathered uh, and lethal. <laughs> there
2: you go. We <laughs> found the warning label. Oh, the that's warning that's that. Tyler on a nutshell right there. Uh, we want to thank Tyler for, for joining us today. Next week on the show, uh, Nick DeGroote's going to come, and he's not going to come here, but he's going to be on the phone and sit in as co host with Tom because yes. I'm going to be out of town. Uh, so uh, we're looking forward to that as well. And. Uh, so uh, Jessica's going to work on getting some of his teammates to come in, uh, and join us, too, because uh, I, I think uh, good we need some trying dirt. Good luck to get Sheldon here. We, well, uh,
1: he can barely get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: want to know more about that, but we don't have enough time. Uh, so for Tom Baker, I'm Our thanks to Tyler Anker for joining us. Tyler, good luck this weekend at, uh, at Darlington you. and Richmond, and uh, good luck in the playoffs because I know you're going to make it in. Uh, and we will see you guys Thursday, actually tomorrow night, for Motorsports Madness. If you're watching us live, have a great week. Enjoy Darlington, and we'll see you next week on the Inside Pass. Have a great week, everyone.